Well, hello, church. Uh, my name is Pastor Terry, and it is my privilege and honor to be sharing God's Word with you this morning. I want to just thank Pastor Jason and Pastor Lori for the privilege and the opportunity is to speak this morning. And uh, we're going to dive into our very last message for these 21 days of prayer. Can you believe 21 days has come and gone? And today is the last day of our corporate time of fasting and prayer. And I just want to thank you all who have joined us for our morning devotionals these past three weeks. And for those of you who have prayed along with us as we have been praying the prayer of Jesus that he prayed in John chapter 17 to the Father when he said, Father, would you make us one? Would you make them one as you and I are one? And normally we would be gathering together tonight in our campuses for a night of worship and celebration. But here's what I believe. I'm going to make a prediction, okay? I believe that at some point in 2021, we are going to gather together again with no restrictions, and we're going to have a night of worship, of celebration, of testimony, and what a night that will be. Amen? Amen. Well, when this, you know, when this pandemic all ends, I imagine that some of us, we're going to have quite the stories to tell. In fact, as I've already heard some people share their stories, some of the stories that people have experienced are just hilarious. And I want to share a few of my stories that I've walked through through this pandemic. First and foremost, did you know that I have had the opportunity to attend three baby showers during this pandemic? In fact, I left for the very first time, my own baby shower for Pastor Carrie, and I got to wade into the world of baby games and gift registries, and let me just say, it was a scary place, one that I never want to go back to. Another example, another story, one that is as equally scary and one that I don't want to go back to is online schooling. Anybody with me today? Online schooling. Now, If you're a teacher, props to you today. You're doing an incredible job. Keep up the hard work. We see it. Us parents see the work that you're doing, and we just want to say keep it up. You're doing amazing. But for those of you, especially with young children, who have had to navigate this world of Chromebooks and online teaching tools that have some of the strangest names, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Whether it's an unmuted mic an assignment that has to be printed, or like my five-year-old did last week, decided in the middle of class to do a complete system reboot of his computer, you know as a parent that in a moment's notice, you have to be there for your child in that moment of need. You know, it doesn't matter as a parent whether you are on a conference call, you are making lunch, or you're just trying to get away to the bathroom. You know, when you hear that little one cry out, Mom, Dad, would you come here? Would you come help me? You drop what you're doing and you go to them and you're just hoping that the whole moment isn't caught on the webcam for the class to see. You know, what has made this moment so unique, and it's not a bad thing by any means, is that we as parents, we have been required to be there for our children in ways that we have never had to do before. And as a parent, you recognize that there's something about this moment with all of its urgency and uncertainty that makes you as a parent want to be there for your children when they cry out to you, Mom, would you come? Dad, would you help me? 
And as I think about this current moment that we are experiencing with its own set of urgency and uncertainties, I have to wonder, has there been in any ways places or things that we have had to turn to for help? Has there been anyone or anything that we have had to turn our gaze towards, our direction, our hope, and say, would you come here? Would you come help us? You know, right now as Canadians, it seems that we are all collectively turned in just one direction, and that is the coming of a vaccine. If you watch the news, if you talk to your neighbors, it seems collectively the pulse of our society is one that believes that if we can just get the vaccine to come faster, sooner, if we can ramp up the production and get more people vaccinated, then, you know, we can go back to what is considered normal. And the conversation has gone something like this. When the vaccine comes, dot, 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 then, and you can insert pretty much anything that you're hoping and dreaming for. You know, when the vaccine comes, then I get to see my friends again. When the vaccine comes, we get to take these masks off. When the vaccine comes, you know, I won't have to worry so much about my loved one. When the vaccine comes, I won't have to attend any more virtual baby showers. Can I get an amen? Now, is there anything wrong today for you and I hoping and anticipating and, and getting excited about for better days? Absolutely not. And hear me today. I'm not making any statement whatsoever about a vaccine. Here is, though, what I want to say today. Is that for Christ followers who are set apart from, from the world, is that in times of uncertainty and, un and urgency, there's only been one place that the people of God have placed their hope. There has only been one direction in which we have looked to. There has only been one person to whom we've cried out, would you come and help us? And it can be summed up in a prayer that has only three words, and that is, come Holy Spirit. Or Holy Spirit, come. You see, for thousands of years, and if the Lord wills it, thousands more, Christians who have desired to be more like Jesus have prayed that prayer, Holy Spirit, come. Would you come and would you fill me? Would you move in me? Would you manifest your presence among me? Would you minister your power through me? Would you come in your power and would you come in as gentle as a whisper? Would you come in my thinking, in my feelings, in my circumstances, in my relationships? Would you come in my family, in my city, in my church, and in this nation? However you desire to come, whatever you desire to do, we just want you to come. Because the truth is, is that we need the Holy Spirit to come more than we need anything or any, anyone else to come. Sure, when the vaccine comes... It will have the power to get us back to normalcy. But it's the coming of the Holy Spirit that has the power, not to get us back to what is normal, but has the power to transform us into something new. Sure, when the vaccine comes, we'll be able to gather again. We'll be able to get together with our friends again. But it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit comes, that we will be made one as Jesus prayed that we would be one. And we can celebrate today that when the vaccine comes, that many will be spared from death. And that is something worthy of celebrating. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit has the power not just to spare us from death, but it has the power to conquer death and to raise us from death to life. 
And so no matter how big your circumstance is today, no matter how giant that mountain may seem, whether you're discouraged today or you're weary or you're worn out, or just perhaps today you want more of God in your life, you are hungry for him today, I want to invite you, I want to invite all of Life Center to together with one voice, with one eyes, to turn our gaze towards heaven and pray that prayer, Holy Spirit, would you come? I mean, what would it mean? What would it look like if we as a church spent the next, you know, 340-something days of the year collectively seeking God by praying, Holy Spirit, come? What do you think might that look like? What do you think might happen? Today, I want to share two things. Number one, first, I want to encourage you today that if you haven't already, to implement that prayer, Holy Spirit, come into your own personal prayer life. To pray, Spirit, come into whatever situation you face, whatever circumstance you are walking through. But secondly, today, I want to examine what does it mean when we pray, Holy Spirit, come? What exactly are we praying? And what exactly, when the Spirit comes, does the Holy Spirit do? See, a lot of times there can be some confusion around who exactly is the Holy Spirit. You know, we oftentimes, we can grasp God the Father and we get God the Son, but there can be some misunderstanding. We quite aren't exactly sure who is the Holy Spirit. What we need to keep in mind today is that when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we are not praying to an idea or a metaphor of God, but what we are doing is we are praying to an actual person. I think sometimes in our confusion, what happens is that we can incidentally reduce the Spirit to more of an idea and, and less of a person. But hear me today. While scripture is filled with metaphor and imagery to describe what the Spirit does, let us not be confused today. While the Spirit may come like fire or may come like rain, the Spirit is neither fire nor rain. Rather, the Spirit is the person of God revealing himself to his creation by his grace as Spirit, whether that be as an advocate, a helper, a teacher, a friend, a healer. Second, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we need to understand that it doesn't mean that you and I are not already without God's Spirit. In fact, the very reason why we can pray those words, come Holy Spirit, is because the Holy Spirit has already come. To the one who confesses with their mouth, Jesus Christ, you are Lord, and believes in their heart that God the Father has raised his Son from the dead, to that person has the Spirit come. And when the Spirit comes, the Spirit comes in a variety of ways. Know today, first, that the Holy Spirit is with you. One of the last things Jesus shared with his disciples before ascending to the right hand of the Father was he promised them this. He says, I am with you always even into the end of the age. And while Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, how he fulfills that promise, how he is with us today is through his Spirit. Though Jesus is in heaven, it is his Spirit that remains with us here on earth. And even with all this isolation, even with all this separation, the Spirit, note today that the Spirit is with you. The Spirit is with us. Second, not only is the Spirit with you today, but the Spirit is also in you. 
Second Corinthians chapter 1, 22 says that God has placed his seal on you and has placed his spirit in your heart as a guarantee of the good things that are to come in him. You see, when the moment you first believed that Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior, God came into your life and began dwelling not just with you, but within you. And when the Spirit comes within you, the good work that God has begun in you, it is the Holy Spirit who sees that work through until the day of completion. And what the Holy Spirit does is produce in you the work of freedom. That's what the Spirit desires to do within you today, to bring about the freedom to love God the way he ought to be loved and to resist sin the way sin ought to be resisted. And when we allow the Spirit to do this work in us, what happens is that the outcome, the evidence, the receipt of the Holy Spirit in you is that the Spirit produces what we call the fruit of God's Spirit. That is, we begin to see the evidence in our lives of things like love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, and so on. Finally, just as the Spirit today is both with you and within you, know today that the Spirit desires to come upon you with power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see, as the disciples, as Jesus, you know, ascended to the Father, before he ascended, he said to them, he says, don't leave the city. In fact, I want you to wait and pray for the promised gift of my Spirit. And so that's what those disciples did. It says that they prayed and they waited. I imagine they might have even prayed those words, Holy Spirit, come. But in Acts chapter 2, it says that on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came to those 40 in the upper room, those men and women, not just to be with them, not to be within them, but for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And what happened to the church when the Spirit of God came upon them with power? Everything changed. Their physical environment changed. It says that the ground shook, that the, 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 the building in which they, where they were praying began to shake like a violent wind and that they saw what looked like tongues of fire appearing on their heads. But more importantly, not just that their physical environment changed, but most important is that their spiritual environment changed. It says that on that day when the Spirit came upon them with power, that 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord. And those disciples, they became empowered, emboldened to be a witness to Jesus Christ with power, not just with words, but with signs and with wonders. So if the Holy Spirit today is both with, within you, and upon you, the question remains, why is it then do we pray, Holy Spirit, come? What happens when we pray, and what then does the Spirit do? Well, in John chapter 14 to 16, Jesus shares with his disciples that now the time has arrived, that he is about to go back to the Father. And I imagine, if you can imagine, that that news, that this, this one that they have loved, that this one that they had come to know as the Messiah, as their Savior, was about to leave them was disheartening news. It was discomforting to imagine Jesus leaving them. But Jesus explains in these chapters that it is ultimately good news that he is to go back to the Father. It is for their benefit that he may go. Because when he goes to the Father, Jesus said, the Father will send another to you. 
And what the Father has sent to them and to us today is his Holy Spirit. And in those three chapters, in John chapter 14 to 16, Jesus outlines the five ways in which the Spirit comes. And so today, what I want you to do is believe that whatever you are praying for today, When you pray those words, Holy Spirit, come. Know today that the Father desires to send his Spirit to you in one of, if not many, of these five ways. So how then does the Holy Spirit come to us? Number one, the Holy Spirit comes to bring comfort. John chapter 14, 16 says, Jesus' words, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you for forever. One of the most common names used for the Holy Spirit is the word advocate or the word helper. Some of the older translations use the word comforter. But all these words come from one word in the Greek, which means the one who comes alongside or the one who comes to console. Meaning when the Spirit comes, the Spirit comes to your life to bring you comfort to come alongside you in times of need, that when you are hurting and you are weary, the Spirit comes to bring consolation, to console you and to be with you, to be beside you and to abide with you for forever. The psalmist wrote that God is near to the brokenhearted. How is God near to the one who hurts, who is brokenhearted today? He is with them through his Holy Spirit. And Paul says to the Corinthians that the God of all comfort will comfort you in your trouble. Jesus said in John chapter 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Is there anyone today who is needing peace? Is there anyone who is seeking comfort? I know that many today are are stressed out, are, are worn out, are burnt out by the length, by the weight of the season. What I want to encourage you today, if that is you, that you do not... Do not follow the temptation because the temptation will be there to seek comfort in places and things that are outside of God's comfort. I want to encourage you today to seek comfort not in those places, in those things, but to seek comfort in God and God alone. Pray, Holy Spirit, come. And when you come, would you comfort me? Would you console me? Would you come alongside me? Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. And so today, if that is you, mourn in him and him alone today. Because blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be what? Comforted. The Spirit comes to comfort. Number two, the Spirit comes when the Spirit comes, he comes to teach. John chapter 14, 26 says, But when the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you, all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So when the Spirit comes, he comes to teach. He comes to remind us, to reveal to us whatever God says is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, the Spirit comes to teach us those things. You know, we live in a moment of information overload, don't we? 
I know I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember a time that when you had to do a school project, you had to go to this physical room called a library. And in that library, there was all these, you know, things called books. And there were, you would pull out the cue card system that had all the encyclopedias written down on these cue cards. And then when you found the right cue card, you would go find the right encyclopedia. And then Encarta 95 came along and changed our lives for the better. Amen. But today, you know, my son last week during online schooling, his teacher at the very beginning of the day said, let's play a game and predict what the weather is going to be like. And my son, you know, smarter than I was, hits the mute button on his call and he goes over to Alexa and he says, Alexa, what's the weather for today? You know, we have so much information. We have the entire knowledge of the world in our pockets, maybe in your hands right now on your counter tables. Yet there are people today who are starving for truth. There's a hunger for truth in the human heart that cannot be satisfied with information, with the things of this world. Sadly, even some Christians can be included in this. Many are getting caught up finding truth in other places, places like conspiracy theories or places on the internet. The Spirit desires to lead you and I today into God's truth. 1 John chapter 2, 27 says, But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need to teach, you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. And so where do we go? Where does the Spirit lead us to teach us what is true? Well, the answer is his word, of course. And you might be thinking, well, isn't, God's word, scriptures written by men? Yes, but equally God's word is inspired by a spirit. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is what? It is God breathed. The word breath is, the, is the, what the word the Hebrews would use to describe God's spirit. It was his ruach, his spirit. You see, just as God breathed into Adam's nostrils and Adam became a living person, so too has God breathed life into his word. It is God's breath, the breath of God, his spirit that makes the word of God true. It is what makes God's word living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. And so when you go to God's word, you are not just seeking information. God is breathing his truth into your spirits. So today, if there's a hunger inside of you to know what is true, to discern what is true, to love what is true, invite God's Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you bring truth to my life? Number three, the third way in which the Spirit comes is he comes to testify of Christ. By giving you words to say that are not your words and power that is not your power. John chapter 15, 26 to 27 says, When the advocate comes, there's that word advocate again. When the Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. You see, in all that the Spirit does, the Spirit has one goal in mind, and that is to testify of Christ, to bring glory to Christ. And somehow by God's grace, I don't understand it, I don't get it, but praise be to God that by his grace, he desires to testify of Christ through you and through me. 
God desires to use your mouth, your hands, your thoughts, your gifts, your treasures, your abilities, your past. Yes, even your mistakes. To use all of this and to infuse all of this with his power so that Christ may be testified. If there's anything that I've learned through this pandemic, it is that the people of God, we have been made for so much more than sitting at home and watching Netflix all day. Isn't that true? You know, I know that there are some today, you know, some today, like some of our frontline workers and some of our older people who just because of, because of the, 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 the time that we're living in just cannot be with us in person, that you haven't been joining us. And I've seen you, I've talked to you. There, there's a longing in your heart to be with us today. What I want to bring to you today is an encouragement for those of you who've been at home for a long time today is we understand, we get it, and, and we, we want you to do what is best for your health. But all we ask you today is do this. Don't get comfortable. Don't get so comfortable being at home that you forget that God has given you a calling. He has given you a mission that he has filled you with his power today and the spirit desires to fill you with a hunger so that you might be used as a vessel for his glory. So today, wherever you are at today, I know that you are at home, wherever you might be, I just want to invite you to, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and begin putting a fire on your heart that says, when this is all over, just watch me. I'm going to come bursting out of my home with a story to tell, with a world to love, with good news to preach. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you use me as a vessel for your glory? Would you testify of Christ through my life? Number four, just as the Spirit comes to comfort and to teach and to testify, know today that when the Spirit comes, the Spirit comes to convict. Now I know, I know, this one isn't as fun as the other ones. I mean, nobody really likes to talk about the work of conviction of sin and things like that in our life. But the Spirit will come if you invite him. He will come and he will convict you of all the places in your life where you are, are, are struggling to live in a manner worthy of the calling that you received. And when you hear that today, I hope that that news doesn't come as weary news. I hope today that comes as good news. Because when the Spirit comes, the Spirit does not come to prove you wrong so that you might feel ashamed or might feel terrible about yourself. No, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit does not come as a spirit of accusation. In fact, that is the unholy spirit the name Satan means the accuser. It is the accuser. It is the unholy spirit that comes to bring accusation. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes, brings a spirit of advocacy. John chapter 16, 8 says, When God comes, when the Spirit comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. If you have sinned against God today, and you, and you know it, and believe me, we all have. We've all sinned. God's word says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Whether you know it today or not, whether you are aware of the sins, and whether you are not aware of certain sins, know it today we've all fallen short. But don't be afraid today. Do not be afraid to invite the Holy Spirit to say, come, prove me wrong about living life my own way. Prove me wrong today, Holy Spirit. Come, pray like David prayed. Search me and know me. Point out anything in my life that is offensive to you and lead me 
and the way everlasting. Which brings us to our, the last way in which the Spirit comes. So the Spirit comes to comfort, to teach, to testify, to convict. And finally today, we know that when the Spirit comes, the Spirit comes to lead. John chapter 16, 13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Did you know today that the Spirit desires to lead your life, to guide you in the places and in the direction that God wants you to go? And perhaps that's what makes this one the most difficult of them all. Why? Because we are a people who like to be in charge of our own lives, aren't we? We like to forge our own direction, make our own path. We are fiercely independent, and we are proudly self-sufficient. But Jesus said that if anyone desires to come after me, he must, what, first deny themselves, pick up a cross, and follow me. Do you know today the ways in which the Spirit wants you to go? Do you know the ways in which the Spirit is calling you to follow Jesus? Perhaps today, maybe you may face a major life decision. There's a fork in your road. There's a path that is trying to lead you either to the left or to the right. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a big life change. I, I don't know what it might be. Maybe today... It's just simply you've been living life your own way. You've been walking down your own path and you realize you strayed off far from God's path. What I want you to know today is that if you can trust God with all of your heart and you can lean not on your own understanding, but lean into the understanding that it is God who wants to lead your life and his ways are perfect for you. God knows what's best, that you give him the authority to lead you either to the left or to the right. He will make your path straight. He will lead your life. The good news today is that God does not lead us like a boss who just gives us a performance review or like a general of an army barking soldiers at his officers. He is a God who leads us by walking with us through every step, through every decision, in every circumstance. He leads us by walking with us. Paul says this to the church in Galatia. Galatians chapter 5, verse 20. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And here's the thing. When life's going great, when things are easy, it's not very hard, is it, to keep in step with God's Spirit? But what happens when it comes time for us to reach a fork in the road? What happens when we need to either go one way or another. You know, as those in Canada know, uh, when the pandemic started, I decided to take up the sport of running. And one of the really neat things that I've experienced through this, this time is I've actually been able to strike up a friendship with one of my neighbors who before this, I rarely knew him, but I'd see him running and then he started seeing me running and we said, let's run together. We got nothing else to do. And so we've been running together these past few months. And, you know, our very first time we began running together, as we set off, we decided to set off on a course that we both had run many times before. And as we started out, it wasn't very difficult for him and I to keep in step with one another, running side by side. It was easy. It was effortless. 
that is until we came to a fork in the road. And whenever I had run this path, I always went to the left. And as I learned, whenever he ran this path, he went to the right. And there was this moment on our run where we reached this point and I, you know, instinctively pulled to the left and he instinctively pulled to the right. And what was first a perfect stride, suddenly we became stumbling over each other and tripping into one another and, and our perfect stride was lost. And it was this humorous moments where we kind of just bumping into each other and we both just stopped and we said, is it left or is it right? You know, somebody's got to decide what's it going to be. You know, it's that time when we want to go left, but the Spirit wants to take us right. Those are the moments in life when we realize who is leading our life. And in those moments, we need to ask ourselves, is it I that am keeping in step with God's Spirit? Or is it the Spirit that is having to keep in step with me? The amazing gospel that we all know that we want to celebrate today, that we want to worship Jesus today is because the Spirit, no matter how far off God's path we've gone, no matter how much we've gone to the left when the Spirit desires to take us right, because God's Spirit is with you, He will neither leave you nor forsake you. And perhaps today you've, honest enough, that you have for far too long not been keeping step with God's Spirit, but making the Spirit keep in step with you. But no matter how far you are today, no matter how lost you may seem, I urge you to pray those words, Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Because as it says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Walk in it. So today, as we close our time together, I want to invite you right now to pray those words, Holy Spirit, come. And when you do, know that when you pray, Spirit, come, you are asking, you are inviting the Holy Spirit to show you the way in which the Spirit desire, desires you to walk. And when we pray, Spirit, come, we are praying at the same time, Spirit, would you help me keep in step with where it is that you want me to go? Our prayer today is that if for any of us have been leaning left when the Spirit leans right, that we would be so humble enough to invite the Spirit to come, to convict us, to show us, to teach us, to comfort us, to fill us, so that we might once again walk the path in which he desires us to walk. Perhaps today you, you signed on this morning. Perhaps you've never been to Life Center. You've been watching the last few weeks. Maybe today you're, you're I don't know, you're seeking truth. Maybe you're just bored. I don't know. But you've never, ever in your life, ever once invited the Holy Spirit to come into your life. You might not even fully understand what all this talk is. You know, the advocate help. Well, I don't get it. But something inside of you is, is speaking to your heart today. Something inside of you is tugging, is pulling. That is God speaking to you. That is the Holy Spirit wanting to come in you today. Welcome him. Invite him. Just pray those words. Come, Holy Spirit. And God knows your heart. You don't have to have perfect words. God knows your heart. 
together, before we pray, I just want to leave us with this one question. Where right now are you in need of God's Holy Spirit to come? Where does the Spirit need to be in your life? And where does the Spirit, what does the Spirit need to do in order to help you and I to be more like Jesus today? Where does the Spirit need to come in order for us as a church to be one the way that Jesus asked the Father that we might be one? Would you just now together just bow our heads? And if that is of anyone here today, would you just pray these words with me? Pray these words. Holy Spirit, would you come? God, we ask you right now, as Jesus promised us that you would send to us your Holy Spirit, we thank you right now that we can pray, Spirit, come, knowing that the Spirit has already come in our lives. The Spirit, you are with us, even when we're all at home right now, watching on screens. We believe that where two or three are gathered, not just in our name, but in your name, you are there, you are with us. Spirit, you are with us, and you manifest your presence among us, even as we worship virtually. You have come within us, God. The evidence of your work, of your, of your fruit is all around us. And God, we are just asking again for a fresh outpouring of your spirit to come upon us, to fill us once again with power. Because yes, we're in a season of refining. Yes, we're in a season of waiting. But God, we know that there's another season coming. One that we as a church, we will not be silent. We will raise our voices. We will testify. We will share the good news of what you've done. And God, individually, Lord, I just pray on every person's behalf, every person who has prayed, Spirit, come. Lord, there might be people today who are not even aware of the places where, that they desire, that the God, that you desire to send your Spirit. Would you awaken them to see today what it is that you want to do? Where is it that you want to go? God, is it to comfort? Is it to teach? Is it to testify? Is it to convict? Is it to guide us? Wherever you need to be, Holy Spirit, I pray that you have the freedom to go. And I pray that we would have the courage to wake up every day and invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into our lives, come into this church. Be the leader. Lead us. Guide us. Restore us. Convict us. Show us the way, Holy Spirit, that we might walk in it. God, we thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to the world, that we are not alone today. We love you, Holy Spirit. And once again, as we close this time together, we just again say, come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Well, if it has been an honor just to spend this last hour and a bit with you today, uh, thank you so much for coming. And if you need prayer for any thing at all today. If there is a need in your life, just know that we as a church, we want to be there for you. We want to pray with you. So feel free to reach out to your campus pastor. Feel free to reach out to any of the staff pastors. You can send us an email to at hello at lifecenter.org and just bring a prayer request. We want to pray with you. But we hope to see you again next Sunday as we journey into some difficult conversations. You're not going to want to miss next week. So I hope that you, uh, you join us. But I want to say 
bless you all today. May God be with you. May his peace go before you. May his face shine upon you. And may you taste and see the goodness of God all around you. We love you and we wish you all a wonderful day. God bless. Have a great Sunday.